We've all got questions about the Bible and Christianity. Some of us are Christians and want to know how best to live for God and show our love for Him. Some of us are curious about what it means to follow Jesus. And some of us are skeptical of the idea of religion in general. Whatever your background, we invite you into these conversations that strive to take an honest look at what the Bible has to say on a wide variety of subjects. Each week, we will discuss questions that have been sent in from all around the world and try to find truth and practical application in God's Word. If you have any questions or follow-up comments, contact us anytime by emailing info at broadwaycoc.com. I'm Jed Lovejoy, and these are Conversations with Dan. Hey everybody, welcome to another one of our conversations here with Dan. Thanks for tuning in and for continuing to send in questions and share the videos and all these different things. Uh, And an added bonus, I was just telling Dan, we are now podcasting these episodes as well in audio format. So obviously continue to check out our videos and you can see all the little scripture references and things. So you can listen in your car and stuff. Yeah, now you can download it. It'll fit on your phone. It's not like a video that you've got to stream data for. Uh, and it's available on Apple and Android and good wherever you get your podcast. So we'll be posting some of the older episodes and then the new ones as we go. And hopefully it's just another way that you can join us in these little studies and conversations. And share appropriate things with your friends that you want to share yeah. God's Word with. Yeah, because we always welcome getting that the comments and interactions from different people and wherever it goes. So... There we go. Just a little update on the continued work that we're doing with this. And okay. it's only possible because you guys still watch and listen and interact with us. And share. Yeah, we're very thankful for that. So on to today's question. Uh, it was a pretty interesting one, actually. We've done a lot of talk about the Lord's Supper. And so the question came in, how did the early church originally, like, What were the mechanics of taking the Lord's Supper? How did that work? And how is it different than the way most churches do it today? I know there's a variety of ways that people do it, but kind of the most common way is probably what we'll discuss. And does the difference between those like hamper or diminish what's being meant by that, by that part of worship? Okay. Um, If if I read between the lines in the question, Mm -hmm. Um, the manner of the taking of the Lord's Supper. Um, I anticipate a, something behind that. It may or may not be there. Uh, many people teach that the Lord's Supper was originally part of a meal which was called the Agape Feast. Mm-hmm. And uh, heard that. the scriptures uh, do talk about um, in uh, what is it, Second Peter chapter two about you know he talks about these people that were hidden rocks in your love feasts. Quick note: although Second Peter two thirteen is similar, this particular reference is actually coming from Jude verse twelve. Uh, early Christians did eat together from time to time and have what we would call fellowship meals, mm-hmm. and um, <clears throat> if. From my reading in the early church fathers, they often uh, took some of the food from those fellowship meals and shared it with the poor and things like that. Hmm. But the idea that the Lord's Supper arose out of those meals is false. And the reason is, in 1 Corinthians 11, when Paul discusses the the uh, way that the Corinthians were taking the Lord's Supper, mm-hmm. and the Corinthians were doing it in a divisive manner, and they were trying to make a meal out of it. 
Yeah. Paul says, down in verse 20, he says, When therefore you come together, it is not possible to eat the Lord's Supper, because each one of you takes before the other his own supper, and one is hungry and one is drunken. What do you not have houses to eat and drink in? Mm-hmm. Or do you despise the assembly of God? The church of God means the gathering of God. Right. And shame them that have not. So Paul makes it very clear that the Lord's Supper has nothing to do with a common meal. You can do that in another setting outside of the assembly. Yeah. But it's something different. And so. Point A on our answer to the question, the Lord's Supper was not taken as part of a common meal. Mm, It was taken as a separate rite, R-I-T-E. Right. Um, R-I-G-H-T. No. No, sorry. Uh, (laughs) I I said rite. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. R-I-T-E, in other words, a ritual that is repeated virtually the same way over and over again Mm -hmm. for a purpose. However, the same chapter of 1 Corinthians 11 emphasizes over and over again that it was done when the whole church came together. For example, in verse 18, Mm -hmm. first of all, when the church comes together or when you come together in the church, in the assembly. Yeah. See, verse 17, I hear that your assemblies are for the not for the better, but for the worse. Verse 20, when therefore you come together in one place. Yeah. See? And then if you go down to verse 33, mm-hmm. he says, So then, my brothers, when you come together to eat, wait for each other. And if anyone's hungry, let him eat at home. Again, this yeah. is not about a meal. This yeah. is. So it wasn't like they were all sitting around a table and they said, All right, we're going to pause for a moment and pass this piece of bread. That represents right. and let's let's have a little roast with it and let's have a little, no yeah. it wasn't that it way. was a separate thing yes. they still came together to do it but it yes. wasn't part of lunchtime dinner time and and know. if we read First Corinthians eleven through fourteen there were other elements of the assembly besides the Lord's Supper sure but the idea that it was a meal setting is not necessarily true at all but. One other facet of the Lord's Supper was it was a together thing. It was very important that people as a congregation did this Mm -hmm. together. And that comes up over and over. Yeah. Um, It was a sign of fellowship. That's why it was done together. 1 Corinthians 10. You can read verse 16 and 17 there for us, Jed. Sure. The cup of blessing that we bless, is it not a participation in the blood of Christ? The bread that we break, is it not a participation in the body of Christ? Because there is one bread, we who are many are one body, for we all partake of the one bread. All right, so because we're members of the one body, we all participate together Mm -hmm. in taking of the bread. It shows that we share in that sacrifice of Christ, that we are all part of that one body. Mm -hmm. And when we all take the cup, we're all showing that you participate in Jesus' blood, and I do too, and we have this commonality, this fellowship, this participation together. So the together fellowship idea of it was very important, and it was done in the assembly. And those are things that we still pretty much follow today. Yes. We're still coming together. We're still not doing it as part of a bigger meal. I wonder if 
maybe the part B or C to this, depending on how we're breaking it down, is when we talk about the one bread and the one cup, a lot of churches don't do it that way. We don't have one piece of bread that we pass to everybody in the congregation. Right. Uh, and I doubt that all churches did it that way, but he's simply making a point there that uh, not that each person didn't have a cup, but that participation in this cup mm. meant participating in the body. In fact, meaning the uh, one body of Christ. Right. And, one, and yeah. In the Passover feast, where Jesus did establish the Lord's Supper, mm-hmm. <clears throat> each person that participated in the Passover had four cups of wine mixed with water during the evening, and each person mm. had their own cup. Mm. And so that's yeah. a that's a non-starter right there. But yeah. So maybe that's part of that historical aspect that when we're thinking about the Lord's Supper, a lot of people envision Jesus when he was sitting around with his disciples, passed the one cup sort of thing, and yeah. But they they may not have so. the historical aspect. I don't think so. Um, okay. Also, you know, we get into the idea of, you know, we have like Priscilla and Aquila in their house. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have an early uh, assembly room at a place in Syria called Dura Europus, and it's a great big empty room on the end of a house. Yeah. And likely, can't prove it, but even if they did have tables, they were on the floor. Right. And people sat around on the floor. And so you would have these big flat loaves of unleavened bread and people would pass them and break some off and everybody would have their cups of wine or whatever. And and who passed them? You know, we've had this question about passing the trays and who passes the yes. trays. Yeah. Um, you know, if, if it was in some room in a person's house... Uh, the the who passed the trays was not even an issue in the ancient times. They didn't it have was, trays. Yeah. It, yeah, it was like everybody gets a hunk of the bread and everybody gets some of the fruit of the vine and mm-hmm. it's a participative thing and there was no thought whatsoever given to who hands a tray from one person to another. Yeah. The, the point was uh, two things. It was <clears throat> It was who's doing it. They were members of the body of Christ. They were baptized believers in the body of Christ. Yeah. And in the in the um, institution, Jesus gave thanks, mm-hmm. and then he gave out the bread, and he gave thanks, and then he gave out the fruit of the vine, and he said, "Do this in remembrance of me." So the important factors were the giving of thanks mm-hmm. before both the bread and the wine. And, um, you know, we don't have any, like, here's the exact form that took. Yeah, we don't have one of Jesus' prayers necessarily right. written out. Now, now we do have the traditional Passover prayer. Uh, Blessed be thou, Lord our God, King of the earth, who bringeth forth the bread from the earth. Uh, that's praising God for the bread. But Jesus is giving a new significance to this bread. This right. is my body. Yeah. So I can envision... Jesus thanking God for his love and his sacrifice and what was about to take place with the yeah. sacrifice of the body of Christ. But we do know that the, the idea of gratitude, of thanksgiving, was the overwhelming value and attitude in those prayers. Hmm. So Lord's Supper prayers are thanksgiving prayers. That's why the early church called it Eucharist, thanksgiving. Right. Yeah. So... 
a lot of thanksgiving about what Jesus had done and that we are participants in it and that we're blessed by it and a sense that each of us that's doing it mm-hmm. has a spiritual part in all this. Yeah. And the body of Christ serves as my sacrifice like it does yours and the blood of Christ cleanses me like it does you. Yeah. You know, this so, is what it was about. So these spiritual aspects are more what has been emphasized when Jesus instituted it, when it was talked about by the apostles later, they were wanting us to focus on the bringing together, the thanksgiving, the significance of it. Right. But there's not as much focus on the, all right, you can have little plastic cups or you can have the little crackers of this kind. It's, or, or you know, what kind of room is in? How do you sit? Yeah. I think some of their, some of their question may have been about the architecture of our buildings. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, we have at Broadway, we have a very long, narrow, yeah. like straight shot. It's very deep and long and we're all facing the front. Yeah. And we're, we're in pews. Yeah. We're looking at the backs of each other's heads. Yeah. <clears throat> so that particular architectural structure doesn't contribute to a feeling of togetherness. Yeah. We're not gathering around the table, so to say. It's like if we were all sitting in a circle looking at each other, Mm -hmm. or if we were, you know, turning and two sides of the building were facing each other, that might be a physical thing that could better express the togetherness of what we're doing, but it's not dictated in scripture that we do it that way and it doesn't necessarily make it any less that we don't do that is that kind of where i'm right if if our attitudes are in the right place you know it wouldn't hurt to do something different every time because it might enhance these focuses Mm -hmm. but we're not finding anywhere in the scripture where it requires those sort of things right um one thing i like to point out to people is a lot of people have a very um single idea about the Lord's Supper, and they they take the remembrance idea. Jesus said, this do in remembrance of me. Sure. So we are remembering his death. So the Lord's Supper is a memorial. We get that. It's also a, a fellowship, a communion. It mm-hmm. says so in 1 Corinthians 10, 16, and 17. Yours uses right. the word participation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's not just a memorial. It is a sharing and a rejoicing in that sharing. And it's not just a, remor- a memorial and a sharing. 1 Corinthians eleven twenty six says it is a proclamation. Mm-hmm. We're proclaiming our faith in the redemptive work of Christ, in the death of Christ. Yeah. So there's a lot of different aspects of it to think about. And there's no physical setting that has to be there. But we need to... Emphasize thanksgiving for what God has done. We need to emphasize our sharing with each other and how our whole trust and faith is in this redemptive work yeah. of Jesus Christ. So it's, uh, I mean, obviously we can take what we know from this time period. We can go to our time period. And I would guess that we could go to every other time period in between and we would find a wide variety of ways the Lord's Supper was distributed or taken and it probably depended on where were they able to meet because i mean even today we go to different places in the world it's going to look different because of the availability of spaces would it be okay to take it around a table sure yeah would it be okay to take it sitting on a floor sure 
you know. Is it okay to take it in the pew? Sure. Yeah. yeah. But hopefully we're all focused on these spiritual attitudes, I think, is where we get to. When my father was in um, World War II going across Germany and France and those places and in a foxhole, <clears throat> and they they maybe had a piece of canvas or something covering the foxhole, and there were three or four filthy guys down in the bottom of the foxhole that happened to be members of the church, and they took communion at mm-hmm. the bottom of a foxhole. So I guess if you can do it there, you can do it. Yeah. And I mean, and in modern context, how many times do we have like shut-ins or people that are in a nursing home or different things, and we will have guys go and take communion with them? Right. I mean, some of those people are laying in their hospital beds because right. they can't physically get out. And, and the idea there is we're trying to embrace them in this sharing, this fellowship that we right. have. Yeah. So... So I think as far as the end of this, does our modern format diminish the importance? I would say probably not. Well, unless we do it in a real perfunctory manner, um, Mm. I think that it was a very important facet of the early worship service. Yeah. And at Broadway, we do relatively put quite a bit of emphasis on the Lord's Supper. Yeah. Uh, Some places it's like, Thank you for the bread. Let's hurry up and pass it. Thank you for the fruit of the vine. Let's hurry up and pass it. And let's hurry up and do the giving and let's get on with the preaching. And there's not a lot of yeah. thought and consideration and time and everything put into it. It's something we have to do instead of something we look forward to. Right. Yeah. yeah and as you say, that. the real importance is the spiritual, the different spiritual aspects of it that have been left to us and not the physical setting. Yeah. Of it. Cool. So I'm sure those of you that are watching probably have a wide variety of ways that you take the Lord's Supper. Uh, And so if you want to comment with some of those and we can discuss different things, send them our way. Uh, We obviously, you know, Broadway does it pretty much the same way every time. We change up maybe the speaking before, but... Again, that's not necessarily because that's the right way and the only way, but Mm -hmm. hopefully we're getting the focus where it's supposed to go. Right. So thanks for this question. It was interesting to think about because I don't often think about this historical aspect of how they might have taken it in the early church. But there we go. Hopefully that answered some of it. And if not, always follow-ups. We welcome those sort of things. Thanks again for listening. Thanks, Dan, for going through this with us. Y'all have a good week. Thanks again for listening to these weekly conversations between myself and Dr. Dan Owen. Conversations with Dan is an outreach and teaching ministry of the Broadway Church of Christ in Paducah, Kentucky. You can find us online through most of the major social media sites or through our website, broadwaycoc.com.